Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, sir. How do you do? Uh, we do well. It's us again. <laughs> this time, it is the Fandom Variance Authority. And uh, it's it's Hank. And as always, Wes. Oh, that way. Hey, guys. <laughs> Andy down there. Yo. Down that way. It's my man. Down. Yeah, and we're here to talk about the Disney Plus show Loki. Now, Loki, Loki was... I wasn't expecting what we got. Uh, you know, like his character was great in the show, yeah. or in the in the in the movies. But I just wasn't expecting them to to like just hone in on that. And I think it's definitely due to the strength of the actor Tom Hiddleston. And so let's just let's just start now. Michael Waldron is the uh, the creator, show creator, and and the head writer for the first season, all six episodes. Right. He wrote all, I'm sure he had a writing team, but and he uh, he's from. Uh, Rick and Morty fame is huge to my heart. And if anybody knows anything about Rick and Morty, I never would have known. Multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> the multiverse the stuff. Variance. Like you might as well be watching like the, the council of Ricks is the council of Kangs is the council of Galact, you know, and the, just, so he comes from this great place of being able to tell a really cool story. Uh, you know, a, a cool sci-fi or fantasy story. So I love that. Uh, the whole show directed by Kate Heron. I don't know a hell of a lot about her, but I really, really like what she did with this. Uh, so I'm super happy. And, uh, of course, we we can't talk about this without talking about where this came from, where this whole idea started, and that's with comic books. Yep. Right? So the uh, Loki Loki's first appearance sort of in a, in a big way, he was in a few, uh, you know, journey, uh, journey into Mystery Comics before as a minor thing, but the Avengers number one is literally what they took the MCU version of Loki from. That, that the whole story of the first Avengers movie is this story in a, in a nutshell. And it's really important to remember that uh, that's that the superheroes are like modern myths. Like we feel that way about Star Wars. I yeah, feel that yeah. way about about Marvel superheroes. And a lot of people feel that way about DC superheroes. But, we're you know, imagine being a kid in ancient Greece and running and, and having the orator tell you the story of Hercules. Or, you know, going to a stadium and seeing a show where they put on, you know, Homer's... Uh, Iliad, and you got to right, learn about, right. you know, uh, Achilles and the Trojan War, and it's the same thing to me. And I think some, you know, way, way down, maybe a thousand years down the line, kids will be taking, you know, 
modern North American mythology and studying superheroes. I really feel like that. I think it's a full circle moment when you say that, talking about uh, an orator and how they would recount, you know, the tales of whoever it would be. And uh, the MCU gave us that full circle moment with the uh, with the Thor production, the live the live show, right? And even in our own, like in our own sense, uh, in the real world, we already we have what we have a uh, we have a what a musical, a Star Wars musical. I believe so. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. when you talk about that exploration of the modern mythos and and that bringing it around full circle, I totally agree with you. And and I I hope that uh, I hope a lot of our favorite pop culture properties get that sort of treatment going down the road because oh, honestly, I, I love that stuff. So it was uh, it was probably almost three years ago when they announced this show. Has it been that I long? I don't know how excited. Three yeah, years. It was in the summer, sort of. Was it not? Was it not the first one of the Marvel series to be announced? I believe so, because it came on the heels of Endgame. Right, right, and everybody right. was like, "Oh, what are we going to do?" Because because that was a fairly large plot thread to leave hanging. Sure, I mean, uh, we get a dead character, and how is he going to get his own series? I think that's probably one of the biggest questions we all had. Well. I I had no questions about it. It was going to be about well, him I, right after he's yeah. The no, no, you're right. You're right. Of course, 2000. Of course. So more, well, and more that the brings story us starts. to our first point, I guess, which is, uh, do you have any expectations? Uh, you know, going in. You know, I I did actually. For me, uh, and and it turned out that the the delivery was not. Uh, what I thought it was going to be, because I honestly thought that uh, they were going to lean into 2012 Loki a lot harder, that he was going to be the uh, anti-hero, as it were. I don't want to call him a villain, but I mean, he. let's remember, he 2000, 2000, yeah, 2012 Avengers, he was the villain. And so I'm like, we're getting the 2012 Loki, which means this guy is a, he's a bastard. He's a, he's an evil dude. <laughs> and I thought that they were really going to do you know, some of the jokes they made in, uh, throughout the series about him, you know, uh, uh, betraying, uh, you know, potential allies and wanting to rule. And I thought that the story was going to be more of that. And I actually thought it was going to be more galactic. Like we were going to do a lot more. And don't, don't, I don't know why. I just thought we were going to be more kind of spacey. Space Loki. Yeah. 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 King, King of space. Right, and uh, clearly that is not <laughs> not what we got. So, uh, yeah, that was what I was thinking going into it. So, other than that, I tried to keep an open mind to uh, to the series. I halfway Andy? thought we were going to get Captain America chasing him through the multiverse. Oh, you know that would have been oh, interesting. Like going after that Tesseract <laughs> to put it back where it was supposed. Yeah, to Yeah, really. I put them all back, yeah. and now you're running around with this thing, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of brushed up on the character in recent MCU stuff or recent sort of comic book stuff. Cause I, right, right. you know, I've checked out of a lot of the titles. I, you know, I'm familiar with like, I'm super good at the eighties and the nineties, but beyond that. Right. I'm right. Certain. So I did some investigating and there's a, there's, I mean, there's a million stories that are just go all crazy. And then he's sort of a villain. So it's sort of harder to track them because he's pops up in other people's lines, you know, all the time. So certainly in Thor tons and stuff. I just, I guess my biggest thing was I was I was excited about it because of how good the other TV properties were. And I was sort of worried about the TV yeah. properties in general. And as soon as I knew they were bringing the production level, the film quality production levels, and, and having both <laughs> been blown away by WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was, I was ready for something to blow me away. And I was not 
I wasn't disappointed. I was going to say for anybody who's uh, watched our shows, if we went back to that, uh, go back and have a look at our WandaVision review and, and actually listen to your thoughts. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> cause you yeah, were, yeah. you were like, what the hell is going on? And you were almost no. checked out. Uh, um, no, yeah, absolutely. But a little, a little episode. recommendation, you know, just hold on episode three, you'll be in and you That's came right. around. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it was worth the wait. And it was also worth the, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was worth having been subverted like that. Yeah. You know, to yeah, totally. Go, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I got hook, line and sinker into the mayhem there. Yeah. No. So, I mean, we could go a little bit into sort of the episodes and, um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to start out with, uh, kind of where we left off with the character, if you will. I mean, we, we, right, we right. followed him. That's the thing that, that uh, turns out breaks time. Interesting that in the, in the middle of Infinity War, right, uh, right. in the middle of a time heist, Loki would seize this opportunity to, um, you know, make his, make his grand move. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool that he ends up, in a nutshell, he ends up in a, a prisoner of the, uh, the Time Variance Authority. And um, we meet... You know, the major players in the episode, we get to meet, uh, like, um, Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, and he did a fantastic job. We had that uh, moment there with uh, Loki actually snatching the Tesseract in that moment. Really, that was my, oh, this is the Loki that I that I do expect. Yeah. And then right. when he hits the dirt, when he hits the dirt in Mongolia, and he's, like, you know, talking about how he's going to rule... And then the TVA show up and it's like, oh, so this is not what I think it is. Right. And the thing that's really important to remember, and a lot of people can get lost because it is a, 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 a timeline thing. And that, yeah. that this Loki hasn't experienced those things that the Loki we knew to grow in love that was, was redeemed by. Oh, yeah, people. yeah, yeah. That's He's, definitely. This, uh, none of those things happen to him. This guy, like you said, going in, this 2012 Loki, he's a despicable character. Right, right. And so he, he actually... Maybe the biggest Nexus event is the fact that he has this whole other trajectory here. He evolves in a way that even the himself didn't going through the regular timeline. Yeah, that's uh, a that's actually a point for me, and I I don't know. We'll probably bring it up a little bit later as we go on in the conversation. But uh, man, did they? I know there's a limited time to work with these characters, and you can only do you have to you have to accomplish certain, not only story beats, but you have to develop those characters. And that's one of the issues I actually have with the show is sort of development for certain characters and lack of development for others. So, Well, if you look at it as a parallel to, say, A Christmas Carol, Mobius yeah. is the ghost of future. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. put Loki right through the ringer right in the first episode. That's so true, isn't it? And, you know, he comes out Scrooge-like on the other end, having, you know, seen what's coming. That's a great if analogy. Follows that path. That is a super is good really analogy. Good. Yeah. So oh, let's talk about Mobius for a second. We might be a little out of order in terms of the characters that they, they appear, but anybody that knows anything about the comics know that Mobius is sort of a fantastic four villain. So this was my first like thing that made me go, "Oh, we're stepping into a broader Marvel universe." Yeah. Yeah. And then you know you start to look a little deeper, uh, and we've already heard the ter the term, you know, uh, TVA now in the show, and you start to look a little deeper at the character if you do your research, and you find out that actually this is exactly what he was, which is uh, in the comics. Oh, that's a pretty pretty big divergence. <laughs> yeah. So based on the actual the actual writer and uh, editor, Mark Grunewald, uh, who has had a you know a spectacular run on Thor in the eighties, 
he was responsible for things like Frog Thor and right, right. Some of the you know uh, some of the tragic things that happened to Loki. Uh, but so the character of Mobius and Mobius based on this guy, and, and we, he's a fantastic four villain, and we can't you know uh, discount sort of the Fantastic Four as the sort of preeminent you know family of the Marvel universe. And we haven't even dipped into that yet. You know, one of the biggest properties. That's the one. The one thing that, that that Marvel did here was they took sort of like secondary characters and yeah. made them amazing. Just the idea that we haven't met these guys yet. So Mobius was a fantastic four villain because the first character to break the timeline inside six one six, which is the the comic universe, yep. was Reed Richards. And so the, they were brought to uh, the TVA and uh, basically uh, very similar to Loki. Only Reed Richards they stole the files pertaining to their crime and and therefore escaped because they i mean well, essentially let go because the crime wasn't registered in the in the timeline anymore so yeah, it helps to be a super genius <laughs> i guess so that's helps pretty clever but that that uh, it leads you down rab- rabbit holes right so yeah. another thing uh hunter b15 yeah very similar to the character uh you know i mean thematically she looks very different but it's you know if you squint your eyes and it's the, it's the, the shape of the helmet and the style of the armor the uh, the um justice peace which is also a character from the first TVA appearance in a Thor comic, sort of this, uh, the police of the TVA coming right, right, right. the timeline. Yeah. So very instrumental, uh, fantastic performance here by the actress. And then I guess maybe the biggest sort of dip into what I thought was coming was the, the character of Judge Renslayer. Renslayer, yep. And so, wow, she's cute. Um, <laughs> and it's hard to, she's a bad guy, so it's hard to, uh, for me, this was the biggest flag that we were headed towards Kang the Conqueror and super early and knowing that I was like waiting for some crazy misdirect because knowing how the path that WandaVision led us on yeah WandaVision led us on down the Mephisto lane right without you know actually managing to keep us satisfied but not actually paying off that Mephisto thing I was like are they really going to go that route are they really going to show you uh from the comics Ravona Renslayer in the comics, she's a time traveling princess, and the uh, you know the primary love interest of Kang the Conqueror. You see, oh, the really? There. So for me, I was just like, you just threw a dart at Kang the Conqueror. How could you ever divert from this? Well, they they managed to do things. Like yeah. absolutely, they managed to do things. So I'm going to talk about um, the Mephisto thing for a second here, because you know, for me, who is you know mostly steeped in in MCU lore, it's become sort of my default Marvel universe in the last. 22 films, 20 some odd movies and TV shows now is, uh, I was right there with you. I, I thought, you know, the, 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 the Mephisto carrot that was dangled in WandaVision, I thought they actually were carrying that through when we got to the cathedral in medieval France with the, uh, the stained glass portrait. And I thought, well, yeah. are we not just, you know, pointing in the same direction? And then, no, we're really not. Well, the, and an interesting point about that was post, posthumously, but not after the show had finished, the, the director, Kate Herring, had come out and said, no, that was sort of like a metaphor. The horns are Loki. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. At the same time, I wanted to show you that that was a, the, the, a version of Loki that's okay. king of the devil. Okay. One that brought the child the gift. You know, but it, it also a misdirect because, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mind went right to Mephisto. I, I, so I was going to say, like, I couldn't have been the only one who thought that. No. My mm. first watch, no, I was right there. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. On rewatch, though, I was like, yeah, it's the horns. You see, even the, yeah. second, even the second time around, I'm still – maybe I was tired of my rewatch because I'm like, I still see Mephisto. <laughs> 
because we're thrown off, right? Like we don't see Loki like Tom Hiddleston with his horns. No, no, not until the duration, uh, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Until we get to all the variants, but yeah, by that uh, time you've already forgotten the stained glass. President Loki. President yeah, Loki. Yeah, There's yeah, a comic yeah. one for you. Yeah. So okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, so I think we already touched on it, but did they after after the whole thing? Were you you know were your expectations met? Did you you know? I, I didn't have high ones. I had high ones based on the fact that WandaVision was so good and and um, and that Falcon was so good. But you know, anything blow your mind? I'm gonna I'm gonna go first on this one, and I'm gonna give the uh, the the contrary opinion because overall, by the end of the show, um, I don't want to say that I was disappointed because I wasn't. It was good. It was totally entertaining. But I think given all the hype surrounding it, the amount of like. Like you say, it was the first one announced, and there was so much like buzz about it that, you know, on the by the time it was delivered, I was like, kind of underwhelmed. I knew that it was like by the end of the show, I fully understood that okay, this is really setting up Phase Four and, and where we're going. And and what's more exciting for me is now that the the timeline is completely unbridled. I'm more interested in what's coming up in Doctor Strange and the new Spider Man because I, these these events directly set those those next events in motion and those are more exciting to me than than what happened to Loki on his yeah. journey although i'm not you know not sympathetic to him cuz i am i think he's a cool character but even that has issues which we'll we'll get to but yeah. generally yeah. speaking the show did uh, did not meet my expectations no andy uh it gave me more than I expected, so I was quite happy with it. And the fact yeah. that we're getting another season, like, the journey's not over, so the story is not over. Yeah, I hope that they do more. Definitely, I think, going forward, the biggest questions I have are sort of the, between the, the relationship between Loki and Sylvie and how that's going to be resolved, if her choices are going to drive this wedge between them that's like, that's can't be overcome or will the adage you know love overcomes all will that actually play uh, play into it yeah I, I i was super impressed i i didn't expect the uh the level of depth that we would go into the into 616 with yeah or even you know any any one of the sort of multiverse things uh you know you almost knew too much about it going in because you knew where it was headed which was they they were using it to set up uh the next phase. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was convinced too. And I had this argument with Lauren a few times. She might pop in to say some stuff. I'm not sure that she might, but, um, I had this argument, not really an argument. It was a discussion about, I didn't think that you would get big characters like Mephisto or Kang. No. Or in the TV shows, because I kind of thought like where their bread is, right. Where the big money is, is, um, is, is theatrical releases and the main sort of, you know, these are just sort of like little props. And I feel different after Loki, like after the whole thing. Like I, I, I feel like you probably can't have Doctor Strange when, when you watch it. You probably can't have Doctor Strange without this show. And you may, and definitely what if. And we discussed off, you know, last yep. week. First yeah, we did. Idea, let's do a Loki show. It's honestly, guys, we all really like the Loki show, but this is because we want to do a what if show. Right. And this is why there is a what if show. And, it, you know, it wasn't so cut and dry in the comics. They just what if, and it was fun. And we, I, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I loved the first. That's the context that I'm watching it with now because I remember reading some really crazy issues of what if, and so for me the series, although I can I can link it to 
sort of the events of WandaVision and Loki and the fact that now yeah. the timeline is broken and we have the multiversal concept. I mean, uh, it's no secret Marvel and DC both have their own multiverse concepts. It's totally, uh, it's, it's a thrill ride for me. Yeah, right. And the thing about the What If comics is they used to tell you what which version of the multiverse this was taking place. Sure, in. sure. And so it's the idea that like this this is the event that breaks it. Yeah. And it's inevitably it's Loki's crazy narcissism. He falls in love with himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that this weird thing that end up ends up shattering you know the the peace in the in the universe if there if there was any. Right. And then that. that Right off that, we get these iterations that we've already seen three episodes of yeah, yeah. how different things could be in all these little branches as we see. And I think we're going to get really into that, uh, clearly from the Spider-Man trailer. If you haven't seen it, spoilers, but there's a pumpkin bomb and a Doc Ock in it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. this multiverse of madness literally referenced by Miss Minutes in the show. That trailer then, alone, know, the the amount of, I don't want to make this a Spider-Man thing, but the did you notice the details on the pumpkin bomb? That's, oh, one, yeah. that's one of Harry's bombs. That's not one of Norman's. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. a little like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's fantastic. Like, yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. I mean, they, they crap themselves on that. And, you know, and the, there's a great way to redeem that. I'd love to see a rubber mask. I'll tell you that. Oh, like yeah, yeah. 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 Then you might get that giant green goblin from the, uh, the ultimate. The, uh, universe. Oh, yeah. The ultimates. <laughs> yeah. Monster style. One Sorry. I didn't mean to steal. Is... Didn't mean to steal your thunder there. I was just like, oh, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Keepers. Well, circling um, back to uh, Thunder, one of the what ifs way back when featured, you know, what if Jane Foster was Thor? Oh, and now here and we are. It got pulled into regular continuity, and now yeah. it's going to come to the movies. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, just recently, what if the what if the Avengers never were, which featured the death of Iron Man and sort of how mm-hmm. the the remaining Avengers dealt with that? But we just saw what if Iron Man died, and what if all the you know what a crazy, just crazy iterations, and there you know, there's even that. Uh, I remember, like, it was a all the what ifs had a main story and then a little story at the end. Yeah, and sometimes the yep. little stories were even crazier than the main sort of story. And one of them was, "What if Spider-Man was Doctor Strange?" And that's an upcoming episode. Those little cool things like that. Right, right, right. Love it. I, I love that stuff. Uh, I want to talk for a minute though about the the orientation video. Oh, from uh, 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 Miss Minute. When, when, right when yeah. Loki first gets arrested and he's put through the processing and the little Indiana Jones tickets please moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. But so I got the biggest. I don't know if this was for anybody else, but I got the biggest Jurassic Park vibes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, video, Mr. You know, DNA. <laughs> fantastic. And then you know, and the the trick that we noticed in the Mandalorian and Disney's carrying it through. We switch aspect ratios for it. Oh yeah, 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 so that yeah, yeah. It, it looks like we're watching something. TV, from the yeah, yeah, yeah. Square yeah. box. And so much, so much happened. So much, you know, like we get that. Um, so just the idea that she she lays it all out on the on, on all everything like right out there so she lays it all out this is why you've been arrested because you you've done something you're not supposed to and uh that's something that you're not supposed to let's talk about this for a second a nexus event right so really this is this is serious so the first time i mean we all have heard the word nexus we've all been nerds our whole lives and we know what a nexus is intersection in space time yep but there's there's a sort of a deeper carry through here with the like in terms of the mcu because there's a there's a commercial for for Nexus products in in WandaVision. Oh, episode five. yeah. And uh, Wanda's also what's considered inside six one six. She's considered a Nexus beam, which means that she's charged, whether she likes it or not. She's charged with protecting 
the multiverse from threats outside reality. The idea that things are bigger than anything that could be contained in all the universes at once. Things like he who remains. Yeah, I mean, the implications of that definitely point to she'll be a heavy hitter uh, going forward in phase four. Absolutely. And but I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit at the end, because it but there's a there's a there's a moment that fans have found, and I wish I was the fan that found it. But there's a moment that fans have found that where things sync up between those two shows that makes me think that there's so much, uh, such a deeper thing going on here. That's actually, yeah, no, super excited, super excited. We have that clip, eh? We do, yeah. I guess we could play it now. It's up to you. We've all no, we've all seen the show. We're gonna play this clip for a sec, guys. Terrible, horrific things. Just like. But now, we. You. You. Have a chance to do that for a good reason. That's a pretty interesting uh, clip when we were previewing it uh, before the show. And I said to Andy, I said, does that, are we to in- infer that those events are happening simultaneously? I would think yes. so. Yeah. It goes a little further. I've seen a version where it goes slightly a bit further. And then right, when right. Agatha begins to use her power, there's a, like a purple cloud that appears behind Kang. Oh. And then there's a moment when he drops an object on his desk because sure. he doesn't know what's about to happen. He's right, just experimenting right. yeah. for the first time ever. Yeah. And it's when Agatha hits the ground at the oh. same time the thing he drops hits the desk. That's interesting. And it's just like, did you, is that an accident? How could that be? Like the lines in the beginning of that sync up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they say the same line. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Well, that's definitely... Yourself, uh, that means... That's some serious sleuthing. You got to ask yourself if that means that when we see at the end of WandaVision, when we see one Wanda reading the the book and we the see dark the other one just the dark one and the other you know wanda just doing her thing are there actually two wandas there oh my god you just hurt my brain <laughs> yeah it's crazy because so initial crazy. thoughts it was just astral i projection. just assumed it was astral projecting the right. same way that strange so did, did so did we just like strange right? yeah, that's, yeah that's the idea yeah that that thought was like wow but wow. It, i wouldn't discount that as no. a possible theory like really can't take it off the not table in the now. grand scheme of things no no. Best episode? What do you guys think about what was your favorite favorite episode? You know any any thoughts uh, like that? Like oh, Concentrated into one? Oh my gosh. See again, you know, we went through this on our Star Wars review and, and how we talked about certain episodes played better if you watch them back to back, and I think Loki mm. as a whole works better. I broke it up into two viewings on my repeat, so one to three and four to six. And right. f- four to six collectively. I think are the, you know, they work really well together. But if I had to pick oh. down, if I had to go just for one, uh, five journey into mystery when we're in, uh, what is it? The, the ever the after void. the void and, yeah. uh, you know, all the things that happen within the void, there's, that's where the bulk of the Easter eggs are. And that's where like, it just seems to be the most weird. <laughs> yeah. And definitely. You get, you get your big explanations there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
get to see this where, you know, cause the idea that time ends and then when it ends, it just starts over again and the exact same things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had this argument or I guess a discussion with, with people online at the end of Endgame saying that that was a time loop. And then the, the creators came out and said, no, it's not a time loop. It's a time branch. But I, I was convinced it was a loop like that, that always, you know what I mean? Like, and so now we sort of have confirmed that the big thing is always a loop. Yeah, that, the, that the bigger is supposed to happen and, and weave around it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting now that that with all these branches is what happens at the end of at the end of time, or do we each branch have an end of time that loops back on itself, and so that there are uh, you know consistent chaos, right? Consistent chaos throughout the galaxy or uni- multiverse. I don't know. Maybe. Well, <laughs> the uh, the ancient one described it as uh, dead timelines. With nowhere to go once you remove one certain aspect, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. And that's a wholly different understanding than the way that it's being presented now. Well, it directly contradicts what Doctor Strange says in the Spider-Man trailer, saying yeah. we know almost nothing about the multiverse. The multiversal concept, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So wait, wait, wait. If the ancient one talks about just things ending, does that mean that there's multiple? I guess technically, yes, multiple voids. Maybe. And are they different? Maybe that's in some way, even though she's sort of an advanced being, you know, level here on Earth or 616 or 19999 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps it's just that's her way of trying to explain it because it's so, it's such a beyond thing. You start to get into these power levels of characters that are outside time and reality. You know, you you have this idea that Galactus is a crazy powerful character because he eats worlds and stuff. That's just eating worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just eating billions of people and all their, you know, that's, that happens, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but Kang the Conqueror. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> conquered every known split in the, in the multiverse. Yeah, like all realities. war, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have these characters that are beyond this God level. Like, you know, one of my actual favorite little lines is, is, uh, Mobius references the, the nightmare department. She's like, you, I'll help you burn that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that brings in this whole other, cause there's this like pantheon of, I won't say gods because gods are like way down here with the Norse, you know, Hercules yeah, and Thor yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You have this pantheon of beings like death and ego. And, you know, we're just getting into that crazy level of, of the Marvel universe that I've always loved. I always loved how just mental Stanley and Jack Kirby got in the right. 60s. Like yep. Unchecked craziness. That's so fun. Yeah, we started, uh, now we're getting what, uh, we've got Eternals coming up, and uh, What If has touched on, uh, even the previous phases have touched on Celestials, and I, I can't help but think that they are going to make a return, you know, as a, as a, as a possible threat. Yeah, as a, anti- yeah, antagonist, not protagonist. Antagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, so like you say, like these, these power levels that are so far above and beyond mortal uh comprehension and i mean kang is obviously you know right up there with them so right up and i mean that just the idea too that kang leads to you know this dr doom or any of these other i do have theories about who who that actually is at the end of the episode we'll get when we get to the to the end of the you know our review sort of i I want to talk a bit about who that guy might be of course yeah He, he remains any favorite episode? Uh, I'm with Wes on this one. Journey into Mystery. There was just so much visual stuff to see and take in during that episode. And it's like, oh, yeah. so good. I had to watch it twice I'm, I'm, before I picked up the uh, yellow jacket, the giant yellow jacket helmet. Oh, 
Yeah. The Living Tribunal. Did you see the Living Tribunal's head? I missed that. One. I missed that too. Also another great Easter egg. The Living Tribunal. There's so like, uh, I mean, we, we should talk about all the Easter eggs in there in a sec too. I'm sort of like you in the first part of that, Wes, which is I couldn't decide between four or five and six. Yeah. And so they're a, a fantastic three hour movie. Uh, they work really well together. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so I couldn't really choose. Like Four, four blew my mind because we were just in a totally different direction. Yeah. You get you get two major characters ostensibly killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know any. You know, we get a we get an after credit scene in four, which is the and then the the, uh, the internet sensation of the variant Lokis. Right. You know. Right. Uh, I want to see a whole movie with Richard E. Grant as Loki, like, like a whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Underused in in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, totally. We're yeah. talented actor. You know, and then five was like just mayhem. I couldn't stop like with the Easter eggs, like like just just mayhem. And then the finale, the, 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 the presence of he who remains just the, like that performance, like he's in it for, you know, 40 minutes of six hours and he steals the show. So quirky, this version or like, or he who, I don't want to say this version of Kang, he who remains, we'll call him that because that's sort of his distinct personality. That's what they're given. So we'll Grogu, we'll call him Grogu. So, <laughs> so quirky. You Whereas, know, like you know, almost Josh Brolin's Thanos is like this dominant yeah, big presence, time. but he who remains, he's got charisma. He does have charisma, but I also feel like he's slightly unhinged. Do you know what I mean? And I guess if you, if you frame it from the, I've been managing multiple or, or, or keeping reality stitched together for time mm-hmm. immemorial, you might be a little unhinged too. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder the guy's looking for retirement. Like, yeah. Like every time he does one of these, like, I'm just like, oh, you, like, there is some serious stuff going on there. Yeah. And the, there's a, a scene where he switches uh, yeah. from, you know, like when he, I'm the one who tamed Eliath. And you're just like, well, he just did John Goodman there. Yeah. Like, where, yeah. 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 I don't think there's an actor in Hollywood that scares me like John Goodman. <laughs> As in like 10 Cloverfield Lane, John Goodman. Oh, man. Yeah. We're, well, I mean, just. Just anything. Like yeah, when yeah, he yeah. when he's not Dan from Roseanne, he's yeah, yeah. a mighty, mighty, mighty man. What was the one with uh, Denzel so Washington Fallen? Yeah. He yeah, does fallen, a really yeah. good scary role in that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Anything anything suck for you guys? Worst episode? So there were I definitely have things that I didn't like or that I that made me go, huh? But yeah. was if I had oh man. I'm not sure that maybe my least favorite episode might in fact be episode one, uh, divine purpose. Oh, yeah. yeah. And honestly, and I'm saying that only because I'm putting it to the, like, I have to pick one. So if I had to pick one, it's yeah, probably, okay. it's probably that one. But the reality is like, they're all like one to three kind of work as a, you know, like that's where I took my break. One to three kind of work together, four to right. six work together. Oh, but, I agree with that one. You know, it just maybe one because it's the, the one where I was like, oh, we're going to get villain Loki. And then it's like, oh, we're not. <laughs> right. And maybe yeah. that's the reason why I'm saying that. But that doesn't mean that it was bad. It just means no. that, oh, it's not doing what I thought it would do. And that's my problem. And, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a worst episode. Overall, there was nothing that really stuck out as being bad to me. Quite enjoyable. No, I I guess if I had to pick one, if I was forced to, I'd have to say episode three, Lamentis. And it's just because... I actually thought they were going someplace way weirder there. And episode four fixed that for me because 
Mobius sort of self-references the thing that made me, so if we, you know, we'll talk about the cringy thing in a bit, but the emotional bond that Loki starts to make ostensibly with himself, and I was really super worried that this was going to become a romantic comedy. Oh, oh, I never got that vibe for a second. I just, I was really worried that we were going to get this, like, that's that's what the whole rest of this thing is, is going to be about, their relationship. And I was instantly not worried when, 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 uh, Mobius is interrogating him, saying, "You know, that's you're breaking reality by, by yeah. being with you, like you know." And it, so it's they're almost they're self-referencing. They're explaining what the, the what the whole point of that was, and it's not you know. I was I was like, "Oh, if that's if that's what they're doing, I'm not interested. I, I prefer my Marvel universe to be a little, a little less, you know. I don't know what, <laughs> but I, I mean, I certainly was surprised by you know. It's still a thread." there's still a thread of that, but it's not the main focus, which I was super worried about. Lamentus was the episode where I actually thought, you know, you talk about two main characters being dead and I actually thought, okay, like how are they going to, I was, if anything, Lamentus had me going like wanting to get to the next one because it's like, how are they going to escape this planet? That's about to like explode. And that I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, no. And it's only moments, right? I mean, like there's so many moments that, that, were better than anything I was worried about. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, so I, you know, it's almost a worse moment, not really a worst. Episode. I guess so. Yeah, sure. Uh, we can any, uh, we could segue right into moments. Yeah, let's do that. Want to do that? Okay. Favorite moment? I have I have a couple. I'm like I have a couple. Somebody else go first. Andy, your turn. Uh, favorite moment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my favorite moment is <laughs> in episode five when they're in the bunker. All the rest of the variants have showed up and boastful loki he's like you know i'm gonna claim the throne oh yeah and president loki's like no no i'm gonna claim the throne and then the rest of them are like no and it's just all (laughs) out madness as they all turn on each other that moment where it's that was a lot of fun what what does he say you righteous bastards or something something like that that. yeah yeah might even be a nod to what's about to happen the multiversal war where, True. You know, all sure, versions sure, of one person not? are competing to see who's the rickest Rick, if you will. If you yes. watch Rick and Morty. Who's the superior Loki, as he was fond of saying throughout the, the series. That character is dangled as a thread throughout. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mobius is sort of trying to psychoanalyze him and tease him with that. Yeah. There's a Loki who's better than you. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just this other Loki. Last best I've, I've got a few ones, things that really I liked. Um, I'm going to lead with this one, which is also going to come up on my thing that I didn't like was back in episode mm-hmm. one in uh was a glorious purpose. There's a, there's a throwaway uh, line essentially where Mobius insults one of the, one of the, the guards in French and yep. the guard comes back in French and he's like, I speak all the languages in the timeline too. And I thought, yep. well, that's cool. <laughs> Everybody can speak every known language. And then they yeah, never go crazy. back to it. No, they never. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's oh. kind of disappointing. So that's a high moment and a low for me because I'm like, oh, cool. Everybody can speak everything. That's cool. And then uh, I'm not going to lie, as weird as it sounds, I actually had a moment of like, that's cool when uh, they finally accepted that or she, he, they accepted that he, she, they love each other. I actually, I like that. I thought that was very, it was very cool that uh, Loki finally, after getting, you know, the realization, as he says in the final episode, I can't uh, be trusted you know, uh, and then finally has that moment where, or especially after the thing with Sif, where she's like, he's like, I'm alone. And she's like, and you always will be. And suddenly he's not alone anymore. You know, the recognition that they have feelings for each other means he's really, he really isn't alone. 
Yeah. So it's I really more about self self love too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I really like that. There's man, I could probably pick I could probably cherry pick highlights from every episode, but like those are two of the biggest standouts for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I DB Cooper. Oh yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. He was DB Cooper. <laughs> I, I nearly crapped myself on the couch. I was like, I "That's amazing!" So hard. And I was actually hoping that there would be like a little Forrest Gump moment like that in every episode. How many? Uh, how many historical events? New Coke or like something <laughs> you know, crazy? Yeah, really. But for me, that was amazing. And then uh, the other one uh, certainly is the the uh, the cliffhanger from episode four, the after credit scene with the variant Loki's. Yeah. And I have to admit, I went, I went eight over uh, poop for that too i think that was a a lot of people like that i mean it was a lot of fun to it was you it wasn't know. spoiled for me either i didn't you know i was trying to steer clear of the the hype and stuff so it wasn't it's one of those things that wasn't spoiled for me it'd just be short-sighted to think that we weren't going to see other versions of these characters and uh you know in a show called loki it, we definitely got our fair share of them <laughs> and it starts this weird like i had this you know because then you get President Loki and all the Lokis and none of, you know, and I be a Rick and Morty fan. I keep referencing that, but it's important that Michael Waldron is the guy that's running this show too. Yep. All the Ricks look alike. There are slight variations and there are universes where like uh, one guy's a saw and one guy's a hammer. Oh, you know, oh, like yeah. there are yeah, those yeah. kind of strange things. Okay. But for the most part, all the Ricks look alike. All the Mortys look alike. All the other right, characters right, look right. alike. There are slight differences. Mostly it's hairstyles. <laughs> you know, just a, sort of a, quickly identify them and i was like what are the logistics though of a of a of a loki of color like oh yeah you go back you know like do you go back like like so i started thinking what how do how do you get black hank right is it is it my my grandfather you know this like that interaction but it it results in the same person the same soul the same personality Mm -hmm. but a minor change way down the line results in a in a sort of what would be considered a major change but really is only aesthetic like, if we were more akin to, uh, you know, canine DNA, where recessive, recessive traits from several generations can turn up at any time, and suddenly you've got a dog who's you've got a Chihuahua for a parent comes out the size right. of a German Shepherd, right? Like, right? Yeah, right. yeah. It was just a neat, a neat line of thinking, neat little thought because they could have easily done this sort of Clone Wars type, just CGI yep. a, a bunch of Tom Hiddleston. Oh fighting. yeah, 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 for uh-huh. sure. And that would have been a waste of a moment, really. No, no, because there was so much variation there. I actually thought from the, you know, from the marketing, I actually thought that uh, President Loki was our, was the main guy. And I'm like, oh, how does he get to that? And I never, never occurred to me that that version of Tom Hiddleston was another variant. I just assumed something through the story got him to this point where, oh, okay, he's, he's going to be the president. (laughs) There's, you know, and then another nod when, uh, to the comics and one I had to investigate because, again, I, I, I sort of stopped reading a lot, a lot of Marvel except for the main sort of stuff. I was yeah, yeah. In the two uh, there's a storyline where he literally becomes candidate for president of the United States and his platform is literally, um, I'm going to lie to you openly. But so I'm not going to lie to you like politicians lie to you. Yeah. I'm going to lie to you openly. Right, And you're right. going to do what I tell you. You're going to vote me for president of the United States. Oh. Wow. Uh, oh, I was waiting for the next one. Um, any moments that rip you out of it? Anything Anything strange? Cringiest uh, moments? Yeah, I guess I can go first on this one, too, because this is the the thing that bothers me the most. And I really have to put it in... Uh, I got to take it in stride, because I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, maybe it shouldn't be 
as an issue with me as it is. But Loki, as we know him through the the through the first three phases of the MCU, requires right. no less than four films to complete his journey from asshole villain to sympathetic maybe could come around. And I know mm-hmm. that the, the show is constrained by the number of hours it has, but he makes that journey from 2012 jerk face to sympathetic character in such a short period of time that I'm like, it's a bit of a stretch for me. And I know uh, Andy and I had talking sort of, we're speaking sort of pre-show about how, you know, as Andy put it, what greatest hits you called it. Yeah. Yeah. When he's in the theater room and he's watching all these events of the main timeline and he's that's having this. And I get that that's the thing that gets him there because we have to get him there. But I would have preferred his transition from jerk to sympathetic to be more, more experiential and more, I don't want to say organic, I guess, not force fed through a series of vignettes. That's the one moment, the one thing I had an issue with. Sort of makes sense in in terms of that. uh, If we're going to quickly evolve him, we have to figure out a way to show him exactly how he evolved before very quickly. Yeah, that's exactly it. He does break down in a way that you don't get to see him. Like you don't, you get Thor breaking down when he. He never has that moment to mourn uh, what he did to his mother. Nice piece of acting there, where he witnesses his own death and then falls mm, yeah, to yeah, pieces. Yeah, and even more so, like like he rewinds the scene with his mom, but yeah, he, he literally goes, "Oh, this is real." Oh yeah, you know when the, when it goes end of file and it's like that, the, almost like the film ring. Sound yeah, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has this moment that okay, everything I thought about myself before, and this is like a lesson he didn't even learn. Sympathetically, becoming the guy who dies, you know, tries to save the universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a uh, he. He learns these, you know, these deep lessons, and he's still alive. He, he he's outside. He can never go back. What's your fate now? The fact that I'm a god, the fact that I can do anything I want anywhere I want, is over. Yeah, uh, that idea of this, uh, how it's do, an existential crisis for a character who can't have existential crisis. Right. Well, I was just going to say, what does a god do when they're faced with their own mortality? And it's almost like in, I don't know, I want the Karen syndrome. It's like when I was having this discussion with a friend the other day when people get into their 30s but have never been checked. Right. Never had any adversity, never had anybody tell them that they needed to correct their behavior or they've done something wrong or something. They get in an office and then the boss is like, this this TPA report is absolute garbage. I need you to do it again. And you need she to starts do it again. weeping. Yeah. She has an irrational response to a to a to a because she's never been checked, and that's sort of what Loki is having here now. I guess he's so. Yeah, an yeah, irrational response to to being shown his own death, mm-hmm. and that that mm-hmm. like that's never going to occur for him. Some other kind of death is going to occur for him, right? Because uh, this is the he's a variant. <laughs> he's yeah. out of time. You know what? That <laughs> that might be one of my favorite moments of the show. Interesting. The the end result, I, don't get me wrong, because the end result yeah. of him, as you say, we have to develop him in the same way that he was developed over the course of those six, four, five, six movies, and we have to do it in, in under under six hours. I, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it, and I totally like the end result. It's just the, it just felt force-fed, and it was really, really fast. I, I, I would have liked yeah. to have seen that play out a little bit longer. Like you could I have mean, even you could have drawn that out right into the second season. Yeah. Even that though, I mean, he almost completely recants once he meets the variant and they go through the portal to Lamentus. He like yeah. they have that conversation with like Mobius is like, You're a bad friend. Yeah, thought, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, 
you've literally stabbed 50 people. Well, I'm not going to do it again. He's, so he's still fighting with that. Yeah, like that's yeah his, he is. And they recur, this, this is a recurring theme. That's your nature. That's right, your nature. Right, right. That's your nature. And even, even he who remains says at the end, you, you're a gnat riding a snake. How you got here, you know, like everything you do is your nature. Right. And that, you know, once now that we're past, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, now is your chance to evolve. Are you going to kill me? Right. Or are you going to, are you going to be what you've always wanted to be? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Andy, you got a cringy, cringy there? Not so much cringy, but my least favorite moment was uh, in episode four where he gets pruned. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what the hell are you doing? We've got, you know, four episodes in and you're taking him away now? Yeah, it's yeah, like, Okay, yeah. I get yeah, there's yeah. variants, but. Shock the crap out of me. Yeah. How you got to end it like that? <laughs> and, and I like yeah, I like the fact that they didn't wait till the next week. They gave you that after credit tease, and it's like, okay, okay, I can, I can deal. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, they probably did a test screening and went, no, people might check out. What the hell did you do? What the hell did you do? Yeah, uh, you know, I already kind of sort of talked about mine, which was uh, that that unlamentous. Uh, they're googly eyesing each other, and I thought we were going in a completely different direction that I wasn't going to be happy with. And then the way it was handled was perfect. So I, you know, I, I'm almost recanting the fact that I harped on that too much. So I didn't mind the the blanket cuddle, and I didn't mind no. the kiss at the end. Yeah, it was that. It was that. I thought they were setting up like a rom com here. Yeah, you know, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like it's still in context, still looking for Kang, still trying to beat the timekeepers, but through the lens of like this, you know. And we might get a subtle relationship moving forward into season two, but I'm glad that it's not the main focus. Yeah, I thought it. You know, they did pretty good on that. The there was a whole lot of, and I mean, I think as as adults who've been in romantic relationships and navigating the the courtship process, how much goes unsaid but is transmitted, body language and posturing and just you know yes. things that are the in between the words, right? And and they did that very very well. And I, I saw in an article someone said that uh, Tom Hiddleston could pull off a sexy scene with a wooden stool. <laughs> you know, they could have chemistry with a with a blackboard. That might... <laughs> so that's that's kind of oh, that's funny. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk talk about Sylvie. There she is, Sophie DeMarco. Yep. So there, when I mean, when she first appeared in that first episode, uh, I guess the second episode, the variant. Yep. We see we see her do a few things that were like. You know, we're we're led down a road, and by the end, what I what I what I've settled upon is that she's an amalgam of three characters. Was it and not MC, already that, that really works? Was it not already sort of confirmed that she is a a, a hodgepodge of of uh, the Enchantress and Loki? Well, yeah, and but it wasn't so. It, it was left a mystery until they sort of showed her backstory in the beginning of episode four. There's a lot of okay. speculation, especially on the internet. I was convinced because, you know, you you both heard me go on and on about how I was convinced that Enchantress was involved in the WandaVision show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I thought for sure that she was the Enchantress and not Loki. Okay. Um, There's another character that Loki, I think it's Brixton, Oklahoma. Uh, It's actually the uh, hometown, I believe, of Mark Gruenwald, who the Mobius character is based on. But at one point in the comics, Loki rebuilds Asgard right on top of this town. And just for fun, right? he gives this character, Sylvie Lawton, I can't remember her last name, Okay, gives her superpowers, gives her the powers of the Enchantress. And she oh, wow. becomes this new, the Enchantress. Her name is Sylvie. 
Really? So I thought right away, as soon as they named her, I thought, okay, this is that version. Yeah. Um, there's also a comic, and it's like almost like a one-shot, but where, where Loki sort of like makes a, a version of himself and then impregnates himself, and they have like, he puts his consciousness into the body of a woman, and it's, it's a very convoluted sort of she-Loki kind of tale. It's not very, you know, it's not the same. Do you know anything about that, Andy? Uh, I never read it, but I did hear about it. Yeah. So, and then, and then there's the straight idea that she just could be the female Loki, just a straight up variant. Yeah, yeah. Just a straight up variant. So, there was there's a certain amount of uh, you know it was some fun speculation. She has the ability to enchant people. Her name is Sylvie, but then she she dresses like a Loki. What 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 are you giving us? And I guess we we get to learn. Well, can we just Um, talk about the context, her character, the context of? Because the, the early on, like we talked about, what is a, a nexus event in this this convergence or divergence of of time and space? And so you really kind of, as I'm rewatching it with my wife, and we're talking about like, well, what? Well, what's her what's her crime? What's her nexus mm. event? And and her nexus event is quite literally being born. Now, isn't that a great? And Lauren was talking about, isn't that a great sort of metaphor for the struggle that women have been going through? Yeah. in modern yeah, society, yeah. literally you know, countries like China and stuff where like yep. that's, you know, it's not a crime, but it's certainly punishable by crazy taxes. Well, I mean, look at what we're seeing, you know, uh, Afghanistan is another one where, uh, Islamic states where yeah, they have exactly. extreme, extreme versions of, of, you know, quite yep. beautiful religion, but they've, right. and they've twisted it into this, you know, so, uh, and there we see young, young Sylvie, but the being, idea uh, that her crime was nothing but being born female, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. you know, what was it that stopped the TVA from just taking her at birth? What, you know, well, isn't like isn't that sort of the, the the appropriate follow up question? It's like they show up to get her. She's sitting there playing with toys on the stairs, and it's like you're charged. Valkyrie doll. You know, yeah, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. Playing with a Valkyrie doll. And what's why now? Why as a toddler? Why not? I, right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe hers was right. just a slow going branch because they do say. Oh yeah. They let yeah, her go yeah. until it became an issue. Oh, until it starts Ooh. the red line. Yeah. I, I guess that's well, literal red line. Eh? That's a good point because classic Loki spent you know twenty years on a planet just pondering. Indeed. Before he once he had the thought, I'd need to go see Thor. That's when they grabbed him. So perhaps if you aren't, you know, you can sit still enough or be less of you know make not less of so, an impact. so much wake. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. They do talk so about the uh, the the speed, and we see that we see it in again in the in the ancient ones explanation of branch timelines, and then again in several shots in the show we see these branches, and they 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 do grow at different speeds. Yeah, that's right. Like when when they finally realize that they're have an emotional connection, the two Lokis, yeah, momentous. That that is a very quickly shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ninety the timeline and goes like, you know. Almost like that's, well, I mean, even in episode four, Mobius says, you're breaking the timeline. You're breaking me right now. Right. That's such a diversion of two people that are the same person, but they're in love with one another. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's real cool. What's funny is that, you know, uh, it's the whole, uh, the boys from Brazil thing and nature versus nurture. And we can say they're the same people, but they're really not. Do you know what I mean? Like there's such a divergence in their, a lifetime of experience. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it informs who they become. For of sure. course, of course. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, she's still a child, too. She's, she views the world very, you know, like, 
Uh, I have the single sort of portrait focus and I take down the TVA, the people who, you know, stole my life. Then ostensibly I can go on to have a life where Loki is like, I want to control the universe. Like, you know, he's, he's yeah. a megalomaniac yeah, yeah. and she's just like almost like a, like a Punisher style anti-hero. You know, he's had the benefit of growing up in the shadow of his brother, you know, and, and living in the, uh, the, the Asgardian palace and, and having all of the, the trappings of a, of royalty where yeah. she, was rested away from her, her home, mother. right? Stole the uh, tempad and got out at the same age that she was arrested, and then spends the rest of her life running from nexus event to nexus event to stay hidden, all right. with the uh, revenge sort of uh, drive behind that. Yeah, yeah. Two totally different characterizations for uh, well, the same the finale, being. right? Like Loki is the one that steps in and says, you know, stop and think about what you're doing. Yeah with her singular revenge purpose is just, you know, she can't get past that. Yeah. And that's a big thing. I mean, now, I mean, clearly she's got it and, uh, that's, you know, we have yet to see what the fallout of that's going to be, but I get the intent that she immediately regretted it because she falls to the floor and, you know, we cut away. She's you in know, sadness. People, uh, people who are so driven, I, we've seen the trope before on different media where people are a singular purpose. And then they finally, they achieve that goal What's left? Really, yeah. what's what's left? It's a huge problem in, in uh, amateur sports yeah. where you have athletes peak at 14, 15 years old. Oh, yeah. You win yeah, a gold yeah, yeah. medal when you're 13 at the Olympics, and then how are you going to ever top that? So it sets up your life to be this, you know, you're chasing something. I can only imagine, but I've heard, the, I've read articles on the psychology of it. Yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like, they can be broken by an event that's so fantastic, so young that you can't ever top it. How yeah, 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 yeah. Living in the shadow of yourself. Yeah. As you yeah. as you age away from it. Favorite recurring character? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, I know the show's called Loki, but uh, I want to say Mobius. I like Mobius. I like uh, I like that he's this. Uh, I can't help but notice that there's like little bits of Columbo in there. <laughs> you know. Oh, and uh, one more question. <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. I just like the way that he's like, you know, and pardon the pun, but he's like the literal blue collar, like brown shirt or brown suit wearing, you know, guy who's just, he may not be the best, you know, cop in the precinct, but he's just, he works so hard and is just so persistent that he gets results over this, you know, lifetime of doing it. Right. I don't think he's a great investigator i just think he's been doing it for so long that that's why he's good and then the fact that you know he's got this thing about jet skis and uh the realization mm -hmm. his his realization uh, uh, that you know when he finally comes around to the idea that oh we are variants but he's still still trying to do his job you yeah know, just i'm gonna leave him outlook. up on the screen and go next because he's also my favorite recurring cool. character in the show cool and may i say Wow. Come on. <laughs> stop, please. Yeah, Just man. I, man. <laughs> I love the character. And I, I don't know if he's Dennis Hopper's official love child, but wow, does he ever look like Dennis Hopper? Yeah, he it's sure crazy, does. Actually. In that shot, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite actors going, actually. And so uh, another guy that could probably have chemistry with a, a wine glass, you know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to watch these two guys actually work off of one another is, is some of the best stuff I've seen recently in anything uh watching them you know that there's a there's a line i think it's episode one where 
Loki says something, you know, and, and he's oh, big metaphor guy. Hang eh? oh, on, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes you makes you sound super smart. You know, I am smart. Oh, of course you are. I know. And it's just that, that, that and to that's have chemistry that, like that as an actor. It's you know, that's like that's like that's the Columbo thing coming through. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Andy, I'm going with Loki. Main version Loki. Yeah. Lo- we call him, can we call him Loki Prime? Loki Prime. Loki Prime. There he is. Yeah, he's got that look at me. Yeah. <laughs> got the jacket turned up. And- you watching my show? Yeah. Look at me. Fantastic. Well, what more can you say about that, yeah, though? Like, really, like, <laughs> the he, whole thing's about him. He delivers on every level. Oh, yeah. And, you know. He goes from, he, he, I mean, there's moments where he's weeping where you're like, oh, I don't want to cry, Tom. Right, 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 right. Yeah. He's actually, you know, he gets you in the, we're right. watching a comic book villain uh, so ostensibly a what if, <laughs> you know, a six hour, a six know, hour. What he, if, yeah, it gets you, it gets you in the feels. He, he, you know, he's, he's actually really, I, I really hope that some of these top notch actors aren't pigeonholed too much. Uh, and that we get to see them do some other stuff. I really, I, I really hope that for a few of the actors and, and Tom Hiddleston, certainly, certainly one of those actors. Anybody that you were like, get off the screen? I don't. I, I can't think of anyone. Even nope. in the Mandalorian, that one waitress, I was like, I could do with that. But I can't. There's nothing here that rubbed me the wrong way in terms of a performance. No, me neither. Uh, actually, you know, <laughs> throwaway one, uh, the girl from the Renaissance Fair. Hey, you guys, you're dressed wrong. Okay. I need this. Okay. Yeah, shut up. You can get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough. The girl from the Renaissance Fair, you're out. <laughs> fair enough. So I guess we go like now, you know, favorite variant. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, variant, Sylvie. Oh yeah, yeah, there Sylvie. I mean, it's as much her story as it is his. So I mean, yeah, for sure, That's it's very it's her. True. That's yeah. actually very. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Sylvie. I think that's easy to to make that connection, sort of on the heels of that whole, uh, you know, their their lives being so divergent. You know, like talking about you know what what crime did she commit and her life on the run and of course we only we only get that through exposition but even like her interaction with um hunter uh number whose number i can't recall they're having drinks and she's trying to oh, c20 c20 trying c20. to pull trying to pull the information out of her the fact that she knows that everybody is a variant and uh she's trying to expose that <laughs> man that's a that's a really really tough undertaking but yeah Absolutely. sylvie for sure Andy? Uh, favorite variant? I'm going to go with the classic Loki. If there was one yeah. character that I would want to watch more of, it's him. Give yeah, me like give me his earlier. adventures from like the end of Endgame. Give me him floating through space. That's that a great is, shot, by the way. Showing me it. Yeah. Man, what a great actor. Totally underused, like I was saying, in the, in the Rise of Skywalker. I thought he was going to be some like Thrawn-like villain. He's definitely got um, the presence for it. Man, yeah. Also, I got I got to say, Andy, yeah, totally my favorite variant. Uh, the um, there's a scene, and I, I I question whether the cape was CG'd or not, but they're in that they're in the uh, young Loki's throne room, if you will, and he he does this flare with his cape when he sits down. When he's, I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He just does this kind of like old. I don't know what it is like a like a vampire. Like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like what an, man, like a old timey stage magician would do when they're weaving around. Right. Yeah. And and the 
it's just so perfect. And I don't know if that was CG to be that perfect, but it was what a beautiful scene. Yeah. And then actually watching him wield more power than any Loki's ever seen a Loki right. wield power before. Yeah, yeah. And and then have the our main Loki speculate like we have no idea how powerful we are. Holy cow! Because he literally conjures a, he all conjures of Asgard. Asgard yeah. yeah. Just yeah, yeah. what a crazy scene. And like you say, I could watch a six-hour show about classic Loki. I'd definitely watch an MCU movie about classic Loki or even, a, a you know, an older version of the, you know, classic Avengers versus classic. Wow. what? Yeah, we feel cool here. Okay. I guess we're down to Easter eggs. I guess we're down to Easter eggs. Did you eggs. want to talk Anything about, that... did you want to talk about least favorites? Uh, variants, oh, or... did you have any, did, you, did anybody hate the alligator? <laughs> I, I didn't. I certainly didn't hate the alligator. I mean, see, this is the thing. Now that we know that every that every uh, um, person within the TVA is a variant, or at least we can presume they're a variant, I almost want to say Judge Renslayer is my least favorite, just for being a not nice person. But I mean, if 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 her if her uh, spot within the TVA really is more intrinsically linked to her comic book. Uh, incarnation then that statement is not true yeah but if we presume that she's a variant then she's not really uh really nice she's she's the she's loki's version of uh of um the character from the matrix who wants to get plugged back in i don't care i just she just wants to believe i want it to be status quo all the time because reasons you know don't want to look at the truth (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predicated on the idea that she is a variant, I'd say she's my least favorite. Just because she's the villain that you don't want to like anyway. That's right. I don't think I had a a least favorite. and I mean, certainly the villains, you you need to dislike them as a character. And uh, watching her plot against... You know, I I thought there was sort of... I don't know if you guys got the vibe, but that there was like a past romantic interest between her and Mobius, maybe. Mm -hmm. Some sort of... You know, they were kind of flirting a bit. He made comments about, do you have other analysts? Where'd this pen come from? That's true. I took that, that, that was not, that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. I got more of the, the, you know, uh, beat cops uh, when they have a partner. Long time colleague. Long time partner. I thought maybe they were partners. And I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, I thought that she has basically taken credit for all of his work and she's risen on his, because all the, the, I don't want to call them trophies, but everything around the room, he makes references to the roller skate and like, these are all jobs that he's done and, and she's keeping the trophies. So right. like, I feel like she's sort of on his back. She's, she's risen on his back is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It it does make sense too in the overall scheme of things. If, if, if he who remains is he who we believe he is. And, yeah. And he yeah, is, yeah. that she's, you know, handpicked that she's there for a reason, whether she remembers it or not, or whether he just picked a version yeah, of her who would yeah. get the job done the best. She explains in, in early on in the show that uh, I think it's even Mobius is like, what's your purpose? And she's like, well, I carry out the timekeepers will, you know, he, yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, the yeah, timeline. Yeah. I, I control right, right, right. the parts of the timeline. He lets me control on his behalf. So That's she, right. she's doing a lot of the legwork, right? Like she's yep. the one, executing prune orders and, and i feel like let's she, not forget that while we're pruning people we're also pruning entire realities that's right and that's another thing i want to talk about too but where she's concerned you get the impression that she's she knows more than what she's telling she's intentionally keeping stuff from uh mobius yeah 
I get that impression anyway. Well, it's not even an impression. Weird... Like, she hides yeah. the fact that C20 has been pruned. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah. yeah she's 100%. dead. Yeah. So, I mean, that just brings into question her, her morality and what else has she kept from him and for how long and what else is she doing? This is a weird scene, too, where her and Miss Minutes are talking and so, Sylvie's like, you know, they've, they've struck a bargain. Yeah, and they're looking for files on the end of time, and that's right. She mentions the, the time. What about the time spaceship? And it's like, is that code for I'm going to delay uh, while I call the the cop, the guards in? Yeah, like, yeah. Because they, you know, they they seem to have this familiar banter about it. But I thought they actually that the actress shot the cartoon character a, a look of like, Just shut the frig up, don't say yeah, anything about yeah, the yeah, ship. yeah, yeah. And a uh, time ship is all for me. That's like. Some Reed Richards stuff, right? There. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is. No, you're right. The you're right. There, we dip so closely to these other properties. Like, Again, though, I mean, uh, we've all talked about sort of the long game in all of our review series about there is a there is a long game, and we know, like, with the reversion of the rights, the film rights coming back to Marvel, that mm-hmm. you know, there's there is a certain fan demand to to reintroduce these characters in an MCU style. And to deliver what uh, maybe Fox couldn't have done with those characters. Yeah, so well, this week I've heard rumors about Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart returning. Uh, I I believe I have also heard similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's move on to Easter eggs because there's a billion of them, and I don't know if I want to just list them off. I I mean, let's just talk about anything that that really really stuck out at you. I mean, you could give your favorite list if you want. Absolutely. Um, Easter eggs from maybe the comic book? Yeah, comic book Easter eggs. Well, see, that that puts me kind of right out. So, obviously, for me, classic Loki, that, I mean, immediately recognizable. I'm like, well, that's a nice nod. So, for me, that's probably it. My favorite comic book Easter egg, we got a shot of it here, but it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. As they're panning down uh, through the earth on the void. Oh, right, right. And you get Thor as a frog in a jar. Trying to escape. <laughs> Throg, Frog of Thunder. Yes, yeah, sir. Throg. <laughs> I like that it's uh, Hemsworth's voice. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, uh. And the fact that they put yeah, T, uh, T365 on the label right. for his first which appearance. Is the issue of, right. Which is the comic book. Yeah. yeah. 365, which is the issue of Thor that Thor gets turned into a frog by Loki. It's also referenced in... Uh, Ragnarok? Yes, where he... In the play. Yeah. He apologizes to him for... I'm for sorry, turning him into a It's like Ben Affleck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Trying to break through to get to the hammer, too. You know, the other thing you, you don't really understand, but the TVA prunes all their garbage. Because even in this spot... Is that what we're TVA looking at? Food, food trays. Yeah. Okay. Food trays from the TVA. They prune their garbage. Very efficient. Ask Thanos. <laughs> Well, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Also, ask uh, Rick and Morty because there's that one episode on the Citadel, and they're just dumping all their garbage into the uh, into <laughs> the right. warp hole. We talk about let's talk about the pruning thing here for a second. Now that we're on that, because mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about the look of the void and how why does the void look like 20th century, you know, uh, mid aughts Earth when we know that we've we've already visited 2030 in our show. And we've gone as far back as the 15th century. We don't see any other trappings of those time periods in the void. Hmm. There's Loki getting pruned. I don't have shots of sort of what the void looks like necessarily. Maybe it's a lot to do with where 
he who remained stepped out of the timeline? Because they talk about not only pruning, like you say, not only pruning people, but they also talk about pruning the the matter or the stuff that's left over from the event. You have entire, entire city blocks. Yeah, you know entire what I mean? timelines. Well, he this is it. About, he, he says it consumes entire timelines, and perhaps this is part of the the timeline. Like certainly, as we approach, you know, the void. I, you yeah. know, it's 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 a that's a good question. I don't know why we don't see other things like. 15th century France or, you know, we don't, we don't see how come there's not a bunch of Asgardian relics laying there. Like when they reset, I mean, perhaps the, maybe it's like a Dewey decibel system. All these similar events. I guess so. Just dumped in you certain know, in places, chronolo- almost a chronological order. Yeah. That makes sense you know, to me. Lauren was asking me, why do you, why do I think kid Loki's in charge of void? And I thought, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good question. Maybe he's been there a long time. And she was like, no, I think you age in the void. And I was like, at the end of the time, do you age? I, I don't know. I don't think you age in the TVA, which is outside of time. As they keep saying, time thought, moves differently. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're literally sort of, you get the impression when you look back on it that, like, Mobius is hunting Lokis. Lokis, plural. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Lokis, plural, to try to find this one Loki. And so maybe these guys were pruned recently. Maybe the oh, reason maybe. that there's all kinds of Lokis here is because all these Lokis were pruned recently, and maybe the first one to be pruned, uh, being probably Sophie, um, or sorry, uh, that's her real name, Sylvie, maybe Kid Loki was pruned second, and therefore, in you know. Well, it's funny though when you if we look at it through that lens, and you have that the the uh, the loose collection of them, Kid Loki, uh, classic alligator, Scottish, Scottish Loki, I guess. You notice that they're a small crew, and then when everybody else shows up, it's a much larger crew. What did they right. do to be apart from the rest of them? Well, they're—I mean—they're not the Loki that was supposed to get killed by Thanos. Clearly, yeah. So these yeah, are all yeah. versions of Loki that should have been eliminated at birth, ostensibly. I guess so. Yeah. It causes some crazy questions in my multiverse. They start yeah, to yeah, cascade yeah, yeah. into like, yeah. What's that guy with the football helmet? The guy with the motorcycle, uh, the motorcycle handlebars. <laughs> well, they do say that. Yeah. That you know, Kid Classic Gator and Boastful. Yeah. Are the ones that tried to be different. They didn't just succumb to their nature. They wanted to be better. They tried to. Whereas evolve. the rest of them just went right on down the. Interesting. I'm gonna rule path. Right, right, right. Okay. So. Right. But alternatively, as why you wouldn't see so much of like other planets and whatnot. They do say the biggest target is what Eliath is going to go right after. And he is destroying time, space, and matter. Yeah. So a big chunk falls in front of him. He goes after it. Yeah. And whatever's left is like minuscule chunks. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Right, right. And it seems like you can make noise, you can garner his attention by being a little more boisterous than the thing next to Yeah, for sure, for sure. Otherwise, he's just sort of going through the motions. Certainly... Asgard is a big event that he's like, oh, I, I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite Easter egg is actually a character. I, I think Ravona Renslayer is actually my favorite Easter egg because it it directly points to the end game. And that for I wasn't disappointed this time, even if it's not like sort of the Kang the Conqueror that we're uh, familiar with. It's certainly we start to get into some stuff. So let's 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 talk a little bit about he who remains. And I have a few yeah, okay. different pictures in a row here. Yeah, sure. There's this fella here. Gentlemen, that's Nathaniel Richards. Nathaniel Richards is a a version of Reed of, of a relative of Reed Richards, way, 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 way like like twenty fifth, twenty sixth, thirty thirty fifth century, something like that. Yeah, way, okay. way, thousands of years in the future. 
and he, you know, through a series of events, he becomes, he, he, he goes outside time and starts to encounter other versions of himself. He creates a, 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 a time machine, sort of the first guy to do it. And it cascades backwards. All versions of Nathaniel Richards create this time machine at the same time. And then they start to, to, to find each other. And at first they actually start working together. But then there's differences of opinion. Sounds becomes, familiar. <laughs> right. And it becomes this whole multiversal war. And it's exactly what what uh, He Who Remains describes as happening. Right, right. But Nathaniel Richards is the first iteration of He Who Remains. But this could be this version of Kang the Conqueror, although we're sort of led to believe that whatever reality Loki gets kicked through. Yeah is now being run by this version here, the the sort of 616 version of Kang the Conqueror that we're really familiar of. Okay. And this guy is the direct descendant, is also a Nathaniel Richards, but he, you know, is almost, he's he shares some similarities in, in relation to, to, to Dr. Doom, to Victor Von Doom. He's also a gateway to the Fantastic Four, who's a primary foe for. He's a lot more of a foe for the Fantastic Four and other spacefaring heroes than he was for the Avengers. So right, right. We're, we're, we're very close to to that. And then there's one other sort of iteration that, that our He Who Remains could be, because there is a... This is actually who I think this character is. There he is, Immortus. So basically, in a nutshell, Immortus is the, the version of He Who Remains, or Nathaniel Richards, or Kang the Conqueror, that that wins. He... he he goes out, he's, he, he's an Egyptian pharaoh. He goes back in time and becomes an Egyptian pharaoh. He, he goes out into the universe and conquers all these different realms. And right. Minus the headgear here, this is how the character is dressed. Right. right it's now. a very similar. In the, in, in the show. With the purples, the greens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right. the palette. And, and the big sort of Egyptian sort of half sort of necklace yep. uh, sun on his chest. Yep, yep. Uh, I see it. You know, so it's it's not it's not as cut and dry that this is like you know he could be <laughs> well it, you know and this it's very hard to explain and I know you guys know what I mean but like what how Loki could be anyone any version of himself and we've chose to follow one this is also this version of Nathaniel Richards or Kang the Conqueror or Immortus or He Who Remains are all the same guy different iterations. If we accept that uh, Sylvie is an amalgam of 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 uh, comic characters, then there's no stretch to say that he who remains is a hybrid of of any or all of the ones you've just described. Right. With the caveat, though, that I think that the most famous and sort of the most threatening version of this character for the MCU as a whole would definitely be Kang the Conqueror in his six one six iteration. Okay. And I think that you're going to find, and this might be the coolest, and maybe we're into speculation now, but I think you're going to find that Loki got kicked into 616. Oh. And that that statue at the very end. Yeah. We do have that. We do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a statue at the end, and it's clearly, he's he's dressed exactly like the image I showed you earlier of Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. And so I think that, that that might be an indication that we've actually kicked Loki into 616. And the connotations of that are really cool because we could start having those like, you know, if you want, you could say that in WandaVision, that Halloween episode where everybody is dressed like their 616 oh, iteration. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And so maybe the her her boys are actually 
her ability to be a nexus being and to step outside realities, actually pulling her sons from a reality that hadn't even branched off yet. Like the, the immense power that that, yeah, like that, that yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess now we're into sort of the speculation moving forward. Maybe we could start with the characters. Yeah, sure. And um, like I'll, I'll kind of go first. Like as a whole, in general, where I think the show is going. And I don't think that we're going to probably, I don't think we're probably going to follow Kang all too much. I think that that's just a big setup for the Marvel Universe as a whole, for the MCU movies moving forward. Do and I think, think the shows will dip, dip in and out. Do you think that they'll dole him out? in similar fashion the way they did Thanos with limited appearance yeah over let's the course of like 30, several movies 30, yeah 13 years let's hope it doesn't take but we know that that's <laughs> their nature you right know, that's 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 the MCU so we might have to wait for for a full scale Kang the Conqueror kind of thing but you know I, I'm really interested to see mostly what happens to Loki in this where he's been kicked where where he's mistaken for an agent and they don't like Mobius doesn't appear to know him. Yeah, and they, they, so he's Mobius like you're, also appears you're to be an in analyst. Charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobius, Mobius is in charge of the. Uh, you know, he appears to be filling that uh, Renslayer role. Maybe and he's certainly much more villainous in the comics. He's he looks innocuous, but he 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 chases he chases Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four all over hell and high water for for years and years and years. And I think you know Sophie's gonna. Ha- I mean, we're going to have to return to Kang initially because Sophie's, that's where we leave her, right? Yeah, so we're yeah, going to yeah. have to figure out, you know, is, is she now going to have to take over his job? Of trying himself? to mend, put everything back together, I guess, as it were. And, you know, and he said that the only person that could do it is both of them. So, right. you know, she's not going to be able to do that on her own. So it might, you know, it might be a, a another crime sort of, thriller where we're instead of trying to figure out who the variant is now we're going to try to have to figure out how to get back again through the void and to the end of time to rescue yeah. himself yeah yeah <laughs> and then i think i i i do think that that we're headed with into some iteration of the fantastic four with this character which has been announced for wave five so that does push us years and years down the line that seems i know like... that they've dangled they've dangled kang kang is a gateway to doom for me and so I know they've dangled Kang for the, the Doctor Strange movie. And we're, we're definitely, we've dangled the multiverse ever since the last Spider-Man movie. And this, right, according right. to the trailer, we're, we're really honing in on the idea that anything can happen now within the, you know, and that the, maybe the main bad guy is going to be just the environment, like we talked about in a few of our other yeah, shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the, uh, just the multiverse that's colliding itself. See, in the comics, they, they make it, they, you know, there's a, there's a heat death to the universe and everything just starts back over. And so our podcast is always going to happen. There's going to be a hundred trillion years between this podcast and the next time we're doing the exact same thing, but we'll be back. But you can sort of rest assured in the mar. That's why Kang says at the end or, or he who remains mm. <laughs> careful. He who remains says at the end, I'll, I'll see, see you soon. soon. Yeah. 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 You know, either way, he's got nothing to lose. Stab me. It doesn't matter. That feels kind of cool. <laughs> I'm coming back. Eventually, I, mean, I or somebody like me will or be me, here, or a version of me will be here, and there's no two ways about it. And you know, Kang is the biggest villain, and also yeah, yeah. the sort of god, yeah, of what we know about the MCU right now. We've never seen anybody more powerful than Kang yet, and we've seen no. some really powerful characters. Yes, we have. We've seen Kurt, Kurt Russell's ego. We've seen these, but they all exist in terms of that single universe. Yep. It's the first time we've seen a guy that can go, "I'll take, I can, I can do all this stuff." 
If you, I encourage everybody to read a little bio about Nathaniel Richards. Go in and do some research because he has no superpowers. He's a normal guy who's just incredibly intelligent. Right, right. Based, everything based off the idea that he was able to develop a ship that traveled through time. I mean, he couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. He just, he knows when you're going to punch him, so he knows not to be there. It's, you know, and then the other thing is to have a hundred trillion memory, uh, years of memory just all at your access. He's, he knows all that stuff. He right, <laughs> everything. Right. All yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. And he knows it's going to happen again. Guys? I'm really, you know, I'm really interested to see sort of, you know, what is going to happen with, you know, Loki's in this place where, again, <laughs> he's alone. Any of the allies that he had, you know, all two of them, uh, one is in another, you know, is at the end of time. And uh, the other one is a variant that doesn't even know who he is. So, you know, how do we how do we get Mobius of where we are right now? How do we get him up to speed to where other Mobius was in the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the series to, you know, get him to realize that, Oh, you're all variants. Like we watch Mobius go back to the TVA before yeah. the timeline splits. So ostensibly there are multiple Mobiuses. Of course. Which is exactly in the comic. Every TVA agent is a Mobius. Yeah, there are certain yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's like the judges and the and the hunters, but all the TVA agents are all Mobius clones. So right, and the idea that in there's the comic, they use variant in the show. It's, yeah. it's very similar. The idea that there's this potentially unlimited number of of anybody's creates this like you know creates you know not only storytelling opportunities, but it creates these conundrums of like how do we how do we use these characters effectively, and how do we I mean, Loki can't do, there's nothing that that guy can do on his own right now. Like he is literally a fish out of water. And I mean, mm. again, his name is on the show. So I want to know what's happening with him. And then I think, you know, with, with Sylvie and as you said, Andy, the emotional fallout of, of her death blow, how does that impact her going forward? You know, is this something that she can come back from? And is she going to assume the, the try to assume the role of, he who remains is she going to try and foster whatever it is that she felt with uh with tom hiddleston's with loki prime was that even genuine i assume it's genuine because of the the branch timeline that it or the uh the the yeah the branch timeline that it started to create i don't know all these questions about the two principles I mean, that uh there's there's a there's a sort of thing where she, she is willing to trust him yeah doesn't trust anybody in the whole multiverse or no. universe of that time and and he's got to explain to her that like, I've betrayed every single person I've ever known. Yeah. You know, but would I betray myself, essentially? And, and yeah, turns out she would. She would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Twist, actually, because she's been the one that that's sort of been like, uh, you know, I, I can I can bridge that gap. I, I'm willing to trust you and worried about him stabbing her in the back. Turns out she was the one willing to the the line you know you can't trust and i can't be trusted you know two sides of the same coin and right that in itself is this like oh that's very interesting yeah it's very interesting well written yeah i think that's uh those are the big ones for me and uh yeah yeah you pretty much covered what i'm thinking so mm-hmm. awesome what about for the whole thing moving forward the whole mcu we know i mean we we have we have titles <laughs> we know where we're going <laughs> We don't know what's going to happen in those titles. Multiverses in the title of the Doctor Strange movie, and now that uh, it's there, and we're we're on uh, the precipice, about to step off. 
I don't know. Doctor Strange was a very... Uh, I didn't expect the Doctor Strange movie to be as good as it was. And I didn't expect Stephen Strange to be this as compelling as he is, you know. So I'm really, really interested to know how that's going to play it, especially with the knowing that Wanda plays a major role in this, knowing that, you know, the, the MCU as we know it is now fractured, uh, for lack of a better word. And uh, I don't know, short of introducing new heroes that we are not, that we don't already know, who else uh, is better suited to try and put it all back together? So, I mean, I'm really excited to see where the, the feature films are going, particularly uh, the Doctor Strange film. Yeah, it's we're right on the cusp of that. What, does anybody know the release um, uh, schedule? I don't like the, know. Like the, the very near release schedule? Uh, uh, Shang-Chi is first. Yeah, and then Spider-Man in December and right. Doctor Strange put, next summer. Right. And The Eternals? Is that in uh, between there? It might be. Uh, I'll see yeah. if there's, uh, you know. But then we also have. I'll, uh, I'll look it up. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania coming up as well. Well, right. and there's another. And they have said that Kang will make a fairly big impact in that one. Right, and that's true. And there's another, you know, uh, that's definitely true. And I, you know, I've heard uh, a few rumors like they've they've gone full stop on Venom. If you guys have noticed, they they just released the trailer a couple weeks ago, and it was like it was supposed to come out. Was it a new one? Fairly soon. Yeah, a new trailer. Yeah, new, the new second, trailer. I've uh, seen the first trailer for yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So there was a second trailer, I believe, uh, and they've gone full stop. And now the 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 release date has been pushed back past Spider Man oh. into next year. People are wondering if they they're not going to actually have a Venom cameo or a character cameo because now you know so. Uh, I'm they showing... might not have wanted to done them out of order in terms of those. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe. I'm showing uh, Eternals as November 5th, 2021. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so that's very soon. Yeah, oddly enough, when you say that, Hank, going back to the Venom thing just for a second, earlier this week uh, there was a press release from Sony. Their big convoluted name, the Sony, the Sony Universe of Marvel Characters, as it was called, right. is no mm-hmm. longer. They've renamed it. It is the okay. Spider-Man universe spider-verse spider-man yeah Spider-Man. Uh, i'll see yeah. if i can find exactly what the the and this is the the third spider-man is the last one that mcu is allowed to sort of before they renegotiate it's the last time their mcu is allowed to use him yeah oh Gone yeah yeah really uh, under the um, give that up under the it's new a distribution uh, deal yeah totally it is it's very convoluted and it doesn't make any sense for anybody involved let sony own the rights let let Mar- like movie studios work together all the time it doesn't make any sense that they would that there, there's there's money in it for them. Why would they hold this character hostage? Sorry, the this, the, the um, it's I, I've just got it here now. It's the uh, Sony has revealed that its new name for their non MCU films will be called Sony's Spider Man Universe, previously mm-hmm. going by Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters. Oh, great. So yeah, so that that squarely puts Venom in the same uh, in the same pot with uh, with yeah. Webhead. So hopefully they can get on board with one another and come up with some distribution deal to keep this thing seamless. I certainly I, I hope so, that, yeah, yeah. I know that Sony has been, you know, I love Playstations, <laughs> but I know that it's they've the, been a pain. a big cash cow for them, right? You can bet their, it, you know. bet your ass that they're not going to want to, you know, look at the look at the placeholder movies that have been made just to keep film rights. I mean, the, the Corman's Fantastic Four. Uh, which never got a theatrical release. They didn't even tell the actors that you're making a placeholder movie, by the way. 
Didn't even tell yeah. them that. So if you've never seen that, go check it out. Gorman's Fantastic Four. It's a, it's kind of yeah. weird. The Captain America watched, movie. Yeah. If you guys have ever watched Arrested Development, there's a sort of a yeah, yeah, yeah. I think season three where one of the characters, Tobias, wants to make a Fantastic Four musical. So he's trying to get the rights <laughs> for Ron Howard. And Ron yeah. Howard's like, no, we don't want to lose the rights. So we just keep remaking the movie every couple of years just to keep the rights. That's right. We want to screw over yeah, Disney yeah. or whatever the, yep, the yep. line is there. And so, yeah, I guess for me moving forward, that's the between that and the X-Men, that's the thing I want the most is the Fantastic Four. And I think I want it more than the X-Men because I've had a few iterations of the X-Men and I'm tired of them bringing it up. And I think that yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of what with the new Fantastic Four, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, the end of this movie puts us right on that sort of trajectory. And I know that it hasn't been announced for, for till Phase 5, but the fact that we got, you know... We got Black Widow Phase One as a cameo yeah. in the second Iron Man movie, so we we might start to see these things in the theatrical releases. We might start to see uh, an end credit scene where Professor X tells Wolverine go find uh, Wanda, or you know something could be something as simple as like we all go crazy for that stuff. Well, I mean, simply the fact that uh, that Marvel Studios is taking a chance on lesser known properties um, speaks volumes to me that they are you know. And I, and really the, the take home is they are willing to take chances. Like short of like the, the comic fans, who's, who knows what the Eternals are, you know? And, uh, right. Same thing right. with, uh, Shang-Chi. I mean, the fact right. that you're, you're putting these, you're bringing these characters and you're giving them the Marvel treatment. So we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to make these movies. Okay. They're not going to waste it. They're not going to waste them. And, and, you know, dollars to donuts, there will be some bigger, connection to phase there'll be a phase four uh thread through all of these and that that's exciting that i have certain uh, curiosity about that yeah i i like the idea that we're going to go on another 10 or 15 year ride yeah yeah um, yeah and that like you know and that also that nobody's burnt out on this uh genre yet it's steven spielberg it, it who said that he he doesn't actually like the superhero uh, genre and he predicted yeah. that it would die out in like a decade um, still going, still going, buds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that it 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 gives you it, it promised so much when it started, and it it hasn't faltered. And the idea that you could, and I I always go back to this, but I really think that Lost, the television show Lost, the ABC show J.J. Abrams yep. created Lost, is one of the reasons that we have the Marvel universe like this now, like the MCU, and the reason we have a cohesive Star Wars universe yeah, like yeah. right now. Is because it was one of the first TV shows that was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to write a show, and I'm going to make it for intelligent people, and I'm sure you could follow along if you weren't all that bright, but it's it's something that raises the stakes, it raises the level of of interest and involvement, personal involvement, it it dangles internal Easter eggs, and it it runs through, you know, and then the biggest thing is that there's a six year narrative, yeah, and that people will wait for a six year narrative, you know, you can sit through thirty seasons of Doctor Who if you want, but it's not. I mean, and there's a greater narrative, but it's the idea that people will sit still. And, and I don't think they understood that before. I think that maybe they understood that before George Lucas was onto something with the serialization, like reintroducing the serialization of, of, of film, that idea. Right, right. But I think Lost proved that people will sit through something crazy and intelligent and long. Yep. And as long as you keep it engaging and, and, uh, I, I firmly believe that Kevin Feige has ran with that model, and and was it 2008 
uh, Iron Man? The first Iron Man, yeah, 2008, and then you got uh, Hulk the same we're year. Not, you know, we're not slowing down. They have we, we know that Fantastic Four is going to be out in 2025. We know, right? Like, we know. So there's no slowing down. And and I'm as a comic book nerd, as a as a yeah, I couldn't be happier. It's a great, it's a renaissance of these things. Yeah, you know, like we used to have to hide, we used to have to talk to each other secretly because if a girl heard us talking about how Captain America kicked Spider Man's yep, ass, yep. we never would have. You know, they didn't talk to us anyway. But. <laughs> one one thing I will say about uh, Loki going forward, and in, in terms of like the the bigger MCU, is like going forward, he's our link to phases one through three. So as long as his show is doing well and he is a predominant uh, feature within uh, the M- the greater MCU, and, I, and I'm going to include the television properties in there because they are superfluous, he's the link to the, the I guess we can call them the legacy characters that we've already grown to love. So I, right. I kind of hope that, I hope that everything that came before is not ignored. And uh, I hope that uh, that Loki keeps that sort of, those doors open because I don't, yeah, Captain America is not Captain America anymore. It's Sam Wilson and we're, I'm okay with that. But I mean, you, you can't just abandon, you know, Thor. You can't abandon, I mean, short of the people who are dead, you can't ignore those characters. And so, no, you know, no. I, I want them to continue. And, and if Loki's the linchpin to, to do that, yeah, let's bring it on. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be back in the Dark Avengers movie that they announced because he's pretty instrumental in that storyline i believe yeah 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 so. but uh he can also be the bridge to the end he loki yes yeah 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 uh putting us down this multiversal war like we're gonna have another multiverse war we're gonna have everything go to hell mm-hmm. and bringing kang closer to dr doom we could end up with a battle world and another secret war Oh, yeah. I never which even then, considered that. Which might be a good thing for the MCU because that gives them the opportunity to reset the whole thing and start fresh with newer actors. That's true. Which, you know, from movie standpoint, great, I guess. But uh, that's actually my theory on their big end game for this. Yeah, yeah. The next yeah. two phases, maybe yeah. even the third phase, if they do a three phase thing again. I thought that's the, the, the fight with Beyonder on Battleworld with right, right. one you could imagine, maybe a trilogy. Uh, certainly would be where we headed and 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 ever since i read those comics like i don't talk in the original secret war not the the modern reiteration because there's a lot of actually there's a lot of sort of multiversal war stuff from the 2015 version that that, right. that tracks you know but yeah i'm thinking of that classic battle world where they grabbed a handful of villains and they had grabbed a handful of superheroes and beyonder put them on a world and told them that they could fight and the winner got to go home and like so many cool things came out of that. And I always thought, what if they could make that a movie? Like the cast is like there's 30, 30 heroes and 30 villains. And I mean, you have Kang and Doom on the same battlefield. You have yeah. Reed Richards, Spider Man, Tony Stark. Well, actually, it's Rand, it's, it's Rhodes, actually. A War Machine, uh, and Stark Armor, uh, and Rhodey, yeah. comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rhodey. And I mean, but you have unbelievable comic. You guys haven't checked that out, man. Like, yeah. I can't say enough about like I opened the show with it and I can't say it like this is where that came from and, and this is why we love it because we love the comics and we love you know and and I encourage everybody to return to those things if you haven't read Secret Wars in a while if you haven't read the uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries in a while go back and uh, there's places to find free comics online and read them and uh, this is this is our myths guys like yeah, yeah. This, this is some yeah, cool yeah. stuff happening and I'm so happy 
to be a part of the the culture and actually like and now that we're doing these shows it feels like we're active participants in the culture even if it's for five fans <laughs> um we're no longer just bystanders which is no really nice. no exactly you know I, I would tell people my opinions on loki until they told me to shut up at work all day long yeah, yeah. but it feels like we're participating in the culture and that's super important to me super i important. agree too i mean uh you know, everything is has changed with the uh, with the internet, and so like having the the access to uh, like everybody who's involved, from the lowest you know uh, grip on a on a set to you know the actors, producers, directors, you know, to be able to have a, a conduit to 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 confer or to uh, communicate messages to them directly, for better or for worse, has changed the <laughs> la- has changed the landscape, and I mean. You know, the fan voice, you know, it can make a difference. And we've seen we've seen fans make a difference. And so, yeah, absolutely. Being part of that, being part of the you'd like to think on some way that we are we are helping drive the narrative to some degree. Yeah. If you look at the legs that the fan post has, that's that's some fantastic stuff. I I get endorphins from stuff like that. It's it's just nice to see that people are opinionated and that they they really care about these characters like us. It's nice to find common ground. Absolutely. You don't even know. One of the best things about uh, that Robotech show we did with the fellas was having have, when when they realized that we were as committed to the idea as they were. Right. They were they were like, wow, okay, so there is a there's this huge network of you know, and in a in a in a place in a time when there's so many wedges being driven into society to separate people along race divides, along sexual divides, along gender divides, along all these divides. It's really nice to have a place where we can all just get together and watch Loki. That's right. Yeah, wow. yeah. We can you know hang I mean? out. And we I can. Think that's super important. Right sure now. it is. Sure People it is. Like, I I want to be entertained. I want to be distracted. The world bothers me, but it, this feels like we're participating in that. So it's less yeah. like I'm just sitting there mindlessly on the couch, going, "I'm just going to binge watch this." It feels like, you know, when I spend nine hours out of my week doing <laughs> notes on a thing, I feel I feel like I'm 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 in there in the trenches with with all the people creating what I love. Couldn't be happier. I'm there with you, man. I am totally there with you. I want to bring. A, I'm going to bring up one little weird thing. I know we've talked about this before, certainly, for, and this is sort of touching on sort of the corporate aspect of things and how much the MCU has influenced the look of Marvel comics. That now the the comic version of Star Lord looks an awful lot like Chris Pratt at all, and so all of the 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 film uh, properties have sort of influenced the comic books because if the films are doing well then the synergy is maybe kids will go out and buy some comic books. And we sort of alluded to it earlier on this show. Now that we have a, uh, we have this multiversal concept, do you think that there's an avenue here for Marvel comics to publish stories within the MCU in comic format so that this isn't just star Lord just looks like Chris Pratt. No, it is Chris Pratt's version of star Lord. Do we think that there's room for that? Sure. They cer- they certainly could do a a one nine 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 five nine <laughs> yeah that one five nine <laughs> yeah, which is the official designation of the MCU. Um, they certainly could. They they've done it in in Star Wars. Um, yeah. They have uh, for kids now. It's 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 a branch sort of division, but Star Wars Adventures. Yeah. It's like yeah. tales you're familiar with, but but reframed and, and aimed at younger audiences, things of that nature. Uh, certainly, we've had since we were little kids. Comic adaptions of movies. Uh, yeah, I can think of the Indiana Jones ones as actually some of the standout stuff that I've ever I've ever had my hands on. Especially Temple of Doom. The comic Temple of Doom is fantastic. So it 
it doesn't it's it's not that big a stretch i at first when i first watched iron man and i realized okay we're not he's not in vietnam in the 60s right <laughs> he's in afghanistan yeah in in the 2000s i yep. went okay so what we're going to do here is we're going to be doing the ultimate universe right right so and i, I would sort agree of with thought that. that's we're going to be pigeonholed into that but then i i watched it evolve so that they were much like what what uh dave and, and john are doing with star wars is, is that we're, we're cherry picking the best parts and when you're talking about marvel comics you're you're talking about billions of words yeah yeah of you know spread out over decades seven decades now, yeah 70 yeah. years of marvel comics and a oh, hundred million issues yeah uh, there's just no end and it it's nice to see that we're delving into these places now, like the Eternals, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, Shang Chi, like you said before, and 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 knowing what's coming down the pipe, because we're sick, and and, and I think that maybe that the, they understand that now. We're sick of watching Spider Man's origin story over and over again. <laughs> also, sick yeah. of watching the X Men being generated over and over again. There's no reason that you can't hit the ground running with any one of these characters that are super familiar. There's the if we went to Afghanistan today, you're going to find people that know who Spider-Man is. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's that's why I say that they're modern myths. Yeah. They're they're yeah. up there with yeah. with Hercules and but people know who they and so you don't have to, you know, you can just have the little caption of the balloon at every single comic book started with a caption above of Spider-Man saying Peter Parker bitten by a radioactive spider and and led this life of, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah simple at the you know and it wouldn't bother anybody to have a comic book style caption at the top of at the beginning of your thing and then hit the ground running with all these stories certainly we're probably going to get a little backstory in the eternals and probably we're going to learn where shang chi came from but there's for characters that are well established i don't you don't need to show me the weapon x program again yeah right let me yeah. see wolverine fight the hulk you know that stuff that stuff no i i hear you right there let's uh Especially, especially in in uh, like you say, properties that have already been adapted for film. So I mean, the the wider movie going audience already has a concept of who and what these characters are. You don't need to redefine it for them. Just give us what is ostensibly the best version of that character you can give us without having to do the exposition dump. And you know? the problem that is also. While I'm most excited about a Fantastic Four property in this yeah. universe, yeah. I'm also most leery about how they're going to handle the genesis of that because we've seen them three times try to tell the original story, and the yeah. last one, while visually stunning, was I, I crap better screenplays while I'm on the toilet. Yeah, it fell real short. It was awful. They had yeah. an all-star cast and an all-star set and effects and everything, and then Doctor Doom. Are you? Not oh, come on. So <laughs> we have to do those things, and you know I. I'd be okay with the original story, but like if you can just have a montage at the beginning so that we're, you know, we, we show them, you know, getting bombarded. We out show in them space. Waking up out of the craft and have yep. their powers, and then we go 20 years later. And that's fine with me. But I don't want you to tell me the story for two hours. I've seen it already. Right, I know right, it right. already. And I don't think there are many people who don't. Now, I, I yeah, get yeah. that. Like if we were going to do a Thanos movie, you need to know a little bit more. That's not the average cat doesn't yeah, know Yeah, sure, that. sure. But when you're talking about the top tier characters and we're about to get into that stuff, we can just hit the ground. Running. Yeah, I agree with you on that one for sure. What do you think, guys? Where are we at here? We yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really have any. I mean, I do we have one wrap weird it up. thing. Um, yeah, 
based on the whole synergy between yeah, Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe and comics. Right. It's kind of funny that we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming involving Wanda, hmm. and uh, they've killed them both in the comics. Oh, the well, death there of you Doctor go. Strange and Wanda was murdered. So Magneto is currently on trial. Yeah. You so, know, I'm I'm certainly like I, I'm be the first one to say that I am so not in touch with what what's happening in comic books today. But I will say this, the the trope of nothing is permanent. No. So, I mean, I'm sure both of them will be back just in time for the movie. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes with, with what I said before, with billions of lines of dialogue and, and story and hundreds of millions of issues, you know, you know, and you start to swing for the fences when things get stale. And, yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. a metric for when things get stale, and it, it, it might not be about what you're telling the story about, or what who's your artist or who's your writer. Although those things definitely influence it in terms of comics, but it could just be the zeitgeist. Right, so right. I really like I like print media is dying, and we see it in the news, right? And so I worry about something as as sacred to me as the idea of a comic book becoming something that is just digital. As a collector, I like that physical thing, man. And there's also there's also a way, and I, I read a psychological study. This would be interesting to you guys, just real quick, is that comic book readers who are who are steeped in it, who grew up reading comics, yeah. read in a different way than any other kind of reader. Oh yeah, I believe we, that. We're, we're interacting with visual imagery and words simultaneously, and our mm-hmm. brains are developed in a way that's specialized to do that. That people who have never read a comic, they have to look at one and look at another, and look at one and look at and, and almost transfer pose back and forth in the mm-hmm, same way mm-hmm. a person who just reads novels yeah or just looks at you know imagery they you know so we we've we've adapted this highly and i don't want to lose that i don't want that to be a like inevitably sequential art mm-hmm, sequential mm-hmm. storytelling through art is is what i fell in love with right it's probably my biggest love to watch these guys is, is just a dream i wanted to watch that on screen at 50 feet tall my whole life but at its core, it's it's sequential art through storytelling, and I don't want to lose that. And so I, I hope that that kids go back to the source. And I like I try to be influential, and I try to say like encourage our our, our watchers and stuff. Doug, read comics to your kid. <laughs> this is where it all starts, and I, I don't want to lose that stuff. I, I really I think it's important that we maintain something there. You know, so it's a good idea that we bring these ideas into the comics and it's like a self-perpetuating thing now. Right. The propensity for comics to swing for the fences when they don't think they have another story to tell. It's beautiful that the MCU has a, a venue to tell stories that have been told, but that most of the world doesn't know. No, that's, that's I agree really with nice you on that. Fresh. I agree with good you. Good way of making an old thing fresh. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, there, there are, are avenues out there for you to consume comic books at very little or no cost. And I mean, if, if that is your only access to it then yeah don't don't not do it because you know there's a barrier there like get out there and read something because it's just <laughs> yeah 100 yeah, percent. yeah yeah you're missing something if you're not doing it there was an old comic in the 80s spider-man can't recall the number of it amazing spider-man it had hobgoblin on the cover the uh it had the little caption in the bottom steal this comic I don't think you could get away with that now. Uh, probably not. I don't not. think you could yeah, get away yeah. with that now. But if I had yeah. been 12 years old and I saw that on a newsstand and there was no one around, Gone. I would have listened to the <laughs> Hell yeah. Guys, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I was super impressed with Loki. I'm super impressed where we're headed. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just overjoyed that to be part of this and, and to know that we're going you know, forward. I guess I have to say things about Kevin Feige like I say about 
Dave Filoni. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't let me down. I don't know Not anything really, about no. him before Iron Man, but he hasn't let me down one iota. Super excited about his Star Wars movie. Yep. And I'm super excited that Michael Waldron is the writer of that Star Wars movie. Oh, excellent, excellent. Guys, I mean, if we're not, if time travel isn't a thing in Star Wars, it's going to be soon. Yeah, very soon. So for the last, uh, what, two hours or so here, we've been uh, talking about uh, Loki, the first season of Loki. Unfortunately, all of these properties have come out simultaneously and they've overlapped and we have not been able to break them down in our accustomed style because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, uh, Star Wars <laughs> came first. <laughs> so there is lots more to come from uh, those from us here at uh, Fandom Power. And uh, I want to thank uh, everybody that's involved. Andy, who is a uh, you know, co-creator, editor extraordinaire. Hank, couldn't ask for a better co-host, even though you're you know 14 hours away. <laughs> thank you for uh, being with us. And for all of you... For all of you at home who are uh, listening on all of our audio platforms or consuming the video versions on YouTube, thank you for coming along with us. Like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Please engage with us on all of our social media and be part of the conversation and help drive the show the way you want it to be, to be driven. Yeah. And we'll be back with some what if. We are. We will be coming back with some what if. We have some general, uh, general pop culture episodes that are still in the pipeline. But we are trying to keep up with all of the television properties and film properties as we are slowly making our way back to theaters amongst the uh, the the woes of COVID. But uh, we're going to be here one way or another to uh, to cover it, and uh, we hope you guys come along with us as well. So thanks once again, everybody. For all time. This is for you, Hank. Take us out. <laughs> for all time. Always. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next weekend. All right, guys. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. wanted to start a podcast but you didn't know where to begin maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment do you have an idea for a show but you're not sure how to develop it let sawcast productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say sawcast productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show when your show is ready Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say? <laughs>